Hey everybody, welcome to the R&R Show, where we are going to be counting down our top 10 sci-fi games. And welcome, viewers, and welcome to my co-host, Shay Parker. Hello, it's good to be it's here. good to have you. You, have, you may be wondering, where's the other R? Is this the R&S show? Well, uh, sadly, Ruel could not be with us this week. He will be back next week, and we'll be counting down some other stuff. Shay, who is a regular contributor on my Rotto Runs Through channel on YouTube, said, well, you know what? I got nothing better to do on a Tuesday morning. I'll hang out for a while. Yeah, why not? I, I have... Uh, you know, a game on my table, just like you. So might as well uh, combine forces. Yes, indeed. And uh, look at this guy. Talk about games. He is jumping right. I mean, he is more prepared than me. Um, wanting to throw to the what's on Rotto's table segment, which means I gotta copy this. I gotta paste it over there. I gotta hit Control S. And folks, let's talk. He wasn't ready. I I jumped the gun a little bit. Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you know what? The show's got him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's let's uh, let's keep it hopping, folks. What's on Rado's table? I'm glad somebody asked. Um, it is Robotopia. Uh, this is something Jen and I were just playing earlier this morning before we started filming, and um, you know we're actually midway through a game right now. This is a game that's going to be on Kickstarter. I think next week, sometime this month, Robotopia is going to be on Kickstarter. I'm doing a preview for it. And this is a very, very cool worker placement game. It is a prototype. It's actually going to come with cool little unique robot meeples. Uh, and, and they look different, so you don't have any colorblind issues like my yes. prototype here does. Oh, shoot, I maxed that up. All right, no, he had to be there. He had to be there. So on your turn, you've got some robots. You send them out to the robot factory. Yellow robots are the worst because they can just do one thing. Red robots are better because you can put them on uh, connecting and do two things. Blue robots are the best because they can go right in the center and activate three things. So that's fun in and of itself, uh, especially because this is a modular board with all these different tiles. It's going to feel different from game to game because of the layout changing. But what's more important is once you've placed a worker, once you've done whatever it is, you know, gathering the resources you need to complete objectives and stuff like that, that robot is no longer yours. It's done for the day. It basically, they all power down. And as the game goes on, the board just gets completely cluttered with all these robots taking up all the space. <laughs> and what happens is, on your turn, you have a little reminder here. You are, oh, I didn't turn on my blue screen or my green screen. I'm not going to turn it on now because uh, who knows what will happen. Um, you either place a robot and do stuff, or if you don't have any more robots, you run your robot fabrication machines and build new ones. I've got three over here, so I could make... Uh, two more red robots for myself and a blue robot. And so, and you can invest. Jen, she's got an army of robot machines over here. She can make green ones, which are the best, a blue. And then she's got a whole bunch of yellows, but she doesn't have enough batteries to charge them all. If she can get a few more batteries, she can make an, a small army of robots that would let her go for quite a while. But the interesting thing is, after you refabricate your robots, the, um, what do you call it? Not the warden. The 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 foreman of the robot, the super, which is going to be a cool little miniature, moves clockwise and smashes all the robots that have powered down, turning them into scrap, and whichever player triggered this gets all of those scrap and adds it to their collection. And that is so incredibly cool because you're thinking, okay, next turn I'm going to be activating this, I've, but I, can I activate him sooner? Can I go through my workers faster? Because I want to scrap all those robots that are cluttering up the room. Plus, once they're cleared out, you can start worker placing there again. And otherwise you can't. It is really clever. 
tons of variability. Um, you're trying to get in good with four different robot unions, basically, because you're trying to bring out a Robotopia by giving power to the <laughs> robot workers. And they all have different special powers. Um, there's just a ton of really cool, powerful cards that are huge game changers. It's neat. We've very much been enjoying it. And uh, it's also a very cool little sci-fi game, which seemed you know, kind of in fitting with uh, what we're doing here that today. That makes sense. <laughs> that looks really cool. Yeah. I, I'm, I hadn't heard about that. Right? I think I had heard the name, but I hadn't like looked into the mechanics of it. That seems really interesting. I, I, it is. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a blast. It starts off a little slow because oh, I've just got a few yellows. I'm just picking up a few cubes. But then sure. once you start making investments, and you can invest in so many different directions, uh, it gets to the point where you're doing super monster turns. I mean, this is literally mm-hmm. how many Jen has. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 cubes she has accumulated because she is saving up for a big monster turn and monster turns can huge like you know massive conversions all kinds of stuff really cool sounds like it's a sounds like a really big like combo heavy it is it is very much so especially because it's built into your workers you have a nice boo and hey i'm going to activate all three of these things boom bump 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 and then oh i'm going to supplement with one of these cards that gives me um you know that doubles half of the actions i do all kinds of stuff neat fun game watch for it next week on kickstarter that's what's on my table um it won't be in my top 10 sci-fi games maybe when the retail version comes out years or what next year probably but um yeah you've got something on your table as well i do unfortunately i'm not gonna be able to do the top down video like uh like rada was doing but um i do have something on my table this is something i'm very excited about for a number of reasons um but this is nemesis lockdown This is the uh, standalone expansion to Nemesis by Awakened Realms. And uh, it's it's very similar to the base game of Nemesis. If you've played that, this is going to be really easy to jump into. But it adds a bunch of new things. It also changes a few uh, a few rules because instead of being on uh, you know a ship that's hurtling through space with alien invaders, uh, this is on a Mars base. So there are different things of like there's different levels of the base you have to like you know travel through like elevator from top level to mid to to bottom there's different things like um uh, you have to manage the power because the power is running out and when the power is out the aliens are a lot more deadly <laughs> um although i'm talking about this as if uh, everyone knows what nemesis, nemesis is yeah what is nemesis, nemesis? i have not played yeah. Well, if you haven't played it, Nemesis is uh similar to but legally distinct from the movie alien <laughs> uh, and so the idea is you are a bunch of people that are not really soldiers. You're just sort of like employees uh, of this, you know, of a company that's in a, of a sci-fi company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there's an alien problem, uh, a Bruin. And so aliens are sort of in the in the walls, in the, in the air vents, and they're going to be jumping out trying to attack you. So you're trying to survive, obviously. But because this is kind of a dystopian future, you've got a, uh, you've got a, well, a company that's telling you what to do. So um, now I, I don't want to get into this too much because I might be talking about it later on in this episode. Spoiler but alert. the idea is it's semi-cooperative. So you've got um, two objectives at the beginning of the game, and at some point you're going to choose one of them. But some of these objectives are not friendly. Okay. Some of them will require you to be the only survivor or to make sure a specific other character doesn't uh, live through the game. And you can't exactly, you can't directly attack people, but uh, you can uh, maneuver them into dangerous situations. Uh, and so this is the kind of game, which I don't think is your kind of game, no. but it's definitely my kind yeah. of game. So it's got a bit of a dead of winter uh, vibe, basically. Exactly. Okay. It, is, it has some similarities to that. Well, um, and so this uh, is going to be 
Uh, we're going to do a run through of it. We're going to see on the on the Rado channel at some point in the next week or two, I imagine. Um, and I'm also very excited to say that I have been hired by Awakened Realms to make the official How to Play oh, video. Oh, great! This, Fantastic. Uh, which is why I which is why I have the the game early because it hasn't gotten to backers yet. I don't think. Awesome. Uh, so cool. All right. Well, that's uh, uh more than what's on my table. What's on another table somewhere in the world, uh, in uh, Southern California, <laughs> as it happens. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Well, folks, uh, that's our first segment. Our second segment, which is what some people probably tune in for, is give us games, please. Uh, it is time <laughs> to announce a new uh, R&R show giveaway. Should I call it the R&S show this week? I'm just going to stick with it. It's the R&R show. Um, it's the R&R TFM. Oh, yes, show. yes. The R&R TFM, because your channel... My channel is RTFM. I am a regular contributor on the Rado channel, do run-throughs. But on my channel, RTFM, I teach complex games like Nemesis Lockdown. I'm also well-known for a few other games like Gloomhaven, Dead Dead of Winter, Mm -hmm. Did Eldritch Horror, things like that. Hey, uh, Shay, what does the RTFM stand for? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I can't say because if I do, we'll get demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, folks, uh, Shay is fantastic. His channel is great. Uh, if you'd like to see more of him, there's going to be a link for uh, the RTFM show down in the show notes, and soon you'll be able to see uh, a lot of detail about that nemesis. But if you want to hear about games, here's the deal, folks. Over the next 30 to 60 minutes, we are going to count down our top 10 combined sci-fi games. And at some point during this countdown, one of us is going to say the secret word. And what you have to do is listen for that. And if you can spot it, you can send an email to contest at rotto.com with the game that we were talking about in the subject. So, if we were talking about Robotopia when we said the secret word, you would say send an email to contest.com with Robotopia. Now, we didn't say the secret word. We haven't said the secret word at all yet. Uh, in fact, it's going to be kind of difficult, I think, to work the secret word into a sentence because this week's secret word is Renaissance. Um, and that doesn't necessarily fit with the sci-fi theme. And you might be saying, well, why... Why is the secret word renaissance? I'm glad you asked. Let me go on ahead and um, cue up this little movie that talks about the game we're giving away this week, folks. It is from um, designer, artist, board game publishing runner Ryan Lockett. Uh, It's called a little game called Now or Never. And it is fantastic. This is the latest game in his Arzium series, or the Land of Arzium, after... Above and below and near and far, he's now got uh, uh, Now or Never coming out. I covered this as a preview when it was on Kickstarter earlier this year, and it is fantastic. It features all of Ryan's signature gorgeous artwork, really solid, fun uh, gameplay. This is a competitive game where we're racing around the world as fast as possible to um, basically bring the world back from the brink because... 
uh, decades ago, there was a big meteorite that struck the Earth, and now everybody's separated, and you're using all kinds of special powers, traveling around, and a big part of what you're doing is literally rebuilding the city of the land, doing this very, very cool tile-laying minigame, which is probably, Jensen, my favorite part of the game. But it's all that, plus a really big, sweeping, epic narrative game as well. And one lucky winner is going to be getting a copy of this in the mail um, when it starts shipping early next year to folks. And you could be that lucky winner if you send the secret word to, or the game where we talked about the secret word to contest at rotto.com. And uh, let's see, did I miss anything? I know you're new here, but that sounds about right, right, Shay? It sounds about right. I do have a quick Go. question. Um, can I be the lucky winner? Because I want this. Game. No, I am afraid not. I am very glad ah. you asked, though, because I will have to set up a email filter to ensure that anything um, RTFM <laughs> or Shea Parker related does not go into the correct folder in Outlook. Because nope, sorry, sorry, Charlie. Um, yeah, no, uh, no employees or affiliated family members <laughs> of the Rotto Runs Through Corporation are eligible for this. I've had this conversation well, with I'm... well on more than one occasion <laughs> um but yeah yeah i'm a little disappointed because i mean e eagle-eyed viewers might be able to see above and below and near and far on my uh board oh, game yeah? shelf in the background yep. back there uh just in the top right left of the of the shelf there just because i i absolutely adore those games um uh, above and below, especially, I, I really, really like. Above and below, really. And Most people are all about the near and far. You're a you're you're above like, and below booster. So I like near and far. I like near and far a lot. The only issue I have with it, which is uh, something that has been coming up for me personally, uh, considerably uh, lately, which is just that, like, when it comes to narrative games or, or like campaign games, it can be a little bit difficult for me to get mm. to the table. Uh, you know. Right. So I mean, and I know that. Uh, you said now or never has uh, some like narrative. Uh, yeah, the same as near and far. It, it, it does have a story you can play okay. through. Although it's optional, you don't have to. It works as a standalone game too. So, uh, so yeah. So I, I think if I were able to like put more time into that, it would be higher, uh, be like higher on my list. But I played so much above and below. Wow. Back in the day, and I, I really, really like it. Well, I'm, I'm sure uh, you will love this so too. So I'm, and you cannot yeah, win. I, I can't imagine I would. Yeah. So don't even bother sending the email when we say the secret <laughs> word renaissance to um, you know mentioning the uh -huh. game in question um uh yeah oh and, and i forgot to say why renaissance well because it's from ryan lockett he is a, a true renaissance board game maker he does all the art which is true for here he does all of the game design he does all the publishing he works with the printers he does a lot of the writing too although he shares those duties with his wife and some other folks so a true renaissance man in the best sense of the word ryan lockett's new game coming out early next year and one lucky winner if you can spot the game where we talk to the secret word right okay i think that's it i think that's enough preamble and we can get on to why the folks are here talking about 10 sci-fi games right 10 sci-fi games i'm ready okay are you well let's see um one thing i i should uh say i actually did a top 10 sci-fi like three years ago and I went back and looked at it, and just even in the last three years, so many amazing sci-fi games have popped up that I think of this new list, only one of, of them from my list five years ago, or three years ago, made it in. So I've got five completely new games. You've got um, probably something very, very different because you tend... <laughs> 
you, you skew a, a different oh, okay. direction than me. I think anybody who knows the RTFM show knows what your number one is going to be. I don't think there's going to be very many surprises. Although maybe you'll Might shock just, everyone. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I'm assuming probably not. So, uh, I mean, how did you go about picking this? Or did, did, did so you have any metrics you were through, following? Kind of, yes. I uh, The main thing for me is that I needed the theme to be connected to the game. Okay. So I'm going to say one, there's one game that was, that would have been on my list otherwise. Uh, and so I'll just give a little honorable mention to, uh, and I don't know if this is going to be on your list, but, mm. uh, I was thinking about putting the crew on ah. this list because I love the crew mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it is technically set yes. in space, mm-hmm. but like, <laughs> kind of, in my opinion, that, that theme is, is, and I don't mean this in, in a negative way, but it is kind of pasted on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the, the fact that it is in space doesn't really affect the gameplay at all. I don't mind that. I think it's nice to have just something to look at. And it's very, the artwork is pretty and stuff. And, and so I like that, but I don't really consider it a sci-fi game. Yeah. I totally understand so, that. I kind of went through the same process because uh, there were several games I really wanted to talk about, and I, when I thought on hard about, I don't really feel the science, you know. Uh, mm. I, I, I and, and to me that was something I really wanted to do. There were two um, caveats to my list. This is my this is my top ten uh, five really because I have five, you have five sci-fi games, sure. and I they needed to feel the science. I considered the crew as well for the and I left it off for the exact mm-hmm. same reason. Wonderful game. Yeah. The theme is there. It's nice, but it's trappings. It's not really integrated in. My other one too. Yeah. Um, when I did this five years ago, I did have a couple of games that um, I don't feel the science either, even though they're incredibly thematic games. I'm talking specifically about Project Elite and Space Hulk Death Angel, both of okay. which are very James Cameron's Aliens style games. Sure. And I was thinking, yeah, they tick the sci-fi box. But is there really any science there when you're just running around shooting mm. a bunch of bugs with machine guns? Is it really science fiction? Or is it something else? And ultimately, I wanted to talk about games here that bring the science in. That, you know, talk about big, lofty goals about our, the future of humanity. Things that really get me excited rather than just another bug hunt, Sarge, you know? And so, um, I, I, there are a few really good games. Specifically, Project Elite and Space Hulk Death Angel are amazing. And they did make my list before. They're not here this time because I really wanted to nail the science of science fiction. You're, yeah, you're really, you got a pretty narrow focus on it. I think my, my focus is a little bit broader mm-hmm. than yours. Which is totally I'm excited to see what's on your list. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, okay then. Because I, I get what you're saying. Like, I think mine's a little bit more, occasionally a little bit more science fantasy. Um, but maybe, maybe I do have a bug hunt uh, game on there. But I think, I, I actually think that, I'm trying to think of my list. I think that everything's got sciencey to it but well we'll see Let's... we'll see it'll, it'll all come out in the wash it, i mean you know, we'll, we'll balance each other nicely i suspect yeah. um so mm-hmm. without further ado folks let's start counting and i will take the uh number 10 slot my number 10 on the list is terraforming mars the Ares expedition specifically uh I, terraforming mars don't get me wrong is a phenomenal game one of the highest ranked games on board game geek oh, yeah. with very very good reason i respect everything about it but it's never really been a game for me and jen uh, i have certain things that keep it out of my top 10 and so when i eventually got to play Ares expedition which is basically crossing um you know the, the world building and all of that of terraforming mars with the card hand management of race for the galaxy those are two great tastes that taste so so great together that um, you know Jen and I instantly fell in love with this game. It is all about terraforming Mars. This is a potential future that we are looking at as a species. It's going to take 
you know, dozens of generations to do it. Um, and uh, this game just streamlines and, you know, crunches down the huge Terraforming Mars experience into a game that takes place uh, in a quarter of the time, takes a quarter of the table presence, and ultimately, I think, is more interactive between players because of the card-following mechanism uh, that was borrowed from Race for the Galaxy. So I love everything about Terraforming Mars Ares Expedition. It almost didn't make my list, because I do have one complaint about the game, but I talked about this in my final thoughts. I have a little homebrew variant, where we kind of bring in a dummy third player using the solo rules, and when you do that, oh my gosh, this game sings. I have tried it. It works great. Without that, I don't know if it would have been my top five, but with that homebrew variant... My number five is Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition. Interesting. I so I lo- I I love Terraforming Mars. Okay. Like the the basically I haven't been able to try Ares Expedition oh. though. It looks really cool, mm-hmm. and I love Race for the Galaxy. Race for the Galaxy also was almost on my list uh, for this. It was it was on it was on my ten. Um, it was almost uh, making it to the year, but like so I love the the mechanism you're talking about of leading the the actions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so one other thing I was like, I, I almost had terraforming Mars uh, on my as well. Uh, I knew you were going to uh, Ares expedition. So, you know, talk about slightly different things, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I really enjoy terraforming Mars as well. I think like if Ares expedition has that same style, but like tightens it up, man, that could be, that could be top five for me too. Really? Uh, I just need to, I need to actually try it. Um, uh, but, I, Oh yeah. Oh, well, no, what were you gonna say? No, you were about to say something. You were about to say but. Oh what? Well, What's your but? No, I mean I was. Uh, my butt was gonna be uh, segueing to, to to something else, but um, okay. Uh, I, I was just gonna say that uh, terraforming Mars, like the the base game, I, I've really enjoyed, and I've uh, I mean I, I did a, a rules video for that a, a little while back, and I wanted to throw a quick mm. shout at a contest going on right now, um, and this is something that I think. Uh, people who are watching on Twitch, uh, you're actually going to be able to participate if you want. Um, when it gets to YouTube, I don't know if it'll still be going on because I think it ends tomorrow as of when I'm filming it. Um, but there's a contest going on right now for the uh, for the Terraforming Mars subreddit. Oh, okay. Uh, they have having a contest because they just reached 5,000 subscribers, um, and they're having like an art, art contest. So people are making you know art using the components from the game and. Uh, there are a few prizes. The reason I know about this is because I offered up one of the prizes. For mm. that. I think there's four things. Some of them are terraforming Mars related. Some of them are not. Like I offered up a, a copy of Wild Ascent and its uh, expansion. Uh, something that I covered on the channel a little while back. It's a great game. It's just something that I don't really have room for in my collection. So uh, I offered to uh, put that as one of the four uh, prizes for the game. So if that is interesting to you, or if you just really like Terraforming Mars, that might be a thing okay. to check out, uh, the Terraforming Mars subreddit. All right, yeah, I will put a link for that uh, for, down for in the show notes watching. after we're done filming as well for folks who yeah. can't get enough Terraformed Mars in their life. Okay, cool. Well, all right, so that's my number 10. What is your number nine, sir? Uh, so my number nine, and this is something that honestly, I could see it getting even higher mm-hmm. on my list. For now, it's it's sitting pretty, at, you know, nine. I think it's very, it's very good, uh, is... Dune Imperium. Right. Okay. And this game, uh, and I know, yeah, you you've covered this game. Yes, I have. I don't know if this is if this game is is your jam, but it's definitely something that I'm really interested in. Which is, uh, I uh, I like deck building games that serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't mind a pure deck building game uh, if it's if it's really tight. But uh, if you're going to make a big deck building game, the 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 cards should 
you know, serve a bigger purpose. And that's absolutely what's going on in, in Dune Imperium. Now, this is based on obviously Dune and specifically the the movie that uh, just came out, um, which I could I could talk about. I have opinions about <laughs> it, but uh, st staying focused on the game for now, this is, like I said, it is a deck builder game. It's also a worker placement game. And it is all about building your like influence and, and taking control of the planet Arrakis. Because in the Dune world, uh, Arrakis, or Dune, is the most important planet galaxy. It's where, the, it's where spice is made. Spice is the most important resource in the right. galaxy. And so you are controlling a faction. You've got a faction leader. So the factions are like uh, Atreides and Harkonnen and, um, and a couple other factions that aren't shown in the movies but are uh, from the books. And... You have a leader with like some special abilities, but you'll start with, you know, in deck building fashion, you start with a hand of cards and these cards will, when you play them, do one of two things. Because when you first play them, you can use it to send out a worker and the cards will give you specific places where you can send your worker. But, and, and as you can kind of see on, uh, on screen, uh, the little white bar, that is sort of the bonus that you'll get if you use it to send out a worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you, you only have two workers or three by the end of the game. So the other thing that you can do for the cards that you don't use to send out workers, you will use those uh, to get some resources, and those will often help you buy new cards. Right. Um, on top of that, they might also help you send soldiers into the fight because there's this big, like, battle space. And so if you send soldiers uh, into the fight, then you are uh, working towards achieving these little victory cards and these victory cards are often how you get points in the game what i okay so this is the thing that i really like about this game it is a deck builder but deck building is only part of it and you always have to keep in mind when you are buying new cards how is this going to get me the points that i'm going to need to win the game because there's two main ways to get points in the game you can improve your relations with certain factions, which are on the left side of the board. There's things like the Emperor, uh, there's the Bene Gesserit, mm -hmm. who are these you know, uh, mysterious ladies that have a lot of behind-the-scenes focus. There's the Fremen, who are the, the people of uh, Arrakis, and there is the Spacing Guild, which is all about shipping uh, people from planet to planet. And these factions, they can give you points. Uh, or you can get points by winning these battles because the different battle cards that come up every turn will have different rewards. Some of them are points. And so you can have an amazing deck full of cards, but that might not get you almost anything because there's only one card that you can get that actually gets you points and doesn't get you a lot. So everything you do has to be pushed towards the goal of either influencing uh, the factions or winning the fights. And the having to balance both is just a really satisfying puzzle. Uh, yeah. And now I've said that I think that this is going to go higher on my list, and that's because I've mostly just been playing it uh, solo and two-player, and it plays a little differently at three and four-player. With solo, you have two AI opponents, and with two-player, you have a single AI opponent, which is much more limited. Uh, but with three and four, you're just playing against other people, and I think that might be the best way to play it. Uh, I would I'd be inclined to agree. I have to admit. I mean, I yeah. played it, I covered it. It works great as a two-player game. It has a wonderful solo yes. mode. But because such a big part of this game is area control, um, it's just gonna be yeah. so much more interesting. I mean, the the battle for Dune itself, Arrakis, Desert Planet, um, you know, with, with the with the mind games can play, because you can be holding back cards that can, you know, turn the tide of the mm -hmm. area control stuff. Um, you know, it, it's it's still a very engaging two-player experience. But yeah, this game is made to be played uh, with a big group, I think. Absolutely. And so like as I as I play a little bit more games, you know, with more people, uh, you know, it's 
we're we're vaccinated, but it's still hard to like, get out there sometimes. Uh, but so yeah, as you can play with more people, I think it will be much more uh, engaging experience, and then it might it might jump up my list a little bit. But I think for now, it's sitting pretty uh, at our number nine. All right, an uh, excellent decision. One of the reasons I'm glad you were here because I think I would have been laughed out of the room if Dune Imperium was not on a top <laughs> ten sci-fi list on this channel. I think it's great. I can't stress enough just how brilliant the design. Uh, like you were talking about the fusion between deck building and area control, all the special powers. It, it just I mean, the game just sings, but it also, I mean, it can be fairly aggressive. Players can really go at each other quite oh, a bit. Yeah. And ultimately, that just wasn't a good fit for me and Jen, very, very sadly. All right. Okay, so do you have any, um, uh, oh, what do you call it, uh, contests or special events you would like to talk <laughs> about with that one? Or if not, should we move on uh, to number eight? I, well, here's the thing. I, I, I don't have a kind of special event, but I will say that I am going to also be teaching Dune Imperium uh-huh. uh, on RTFM. Uh, that is probably going to go up in December. Smooth, smooth operator, folks. Again, link for <laughs> Shay's channel is down in the show notes. Check him out. Um, does a fantastic job teaching games. Uh, really nice Thanks. deep dives. Okay, cool. Well, that was your number nine. Let's move on to my number eight, which is Cosmic Colonies. This is a fairly new one. I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't played it yet. This is a game where players are trying to mine an asteroid, doing all kinds of really wonderful, puzzly, polyomino, Tetris tile-laying type stuff, which I love to pieces. I can never get enough of that. And it's combining that Tetris, um, you know, build up the, the asteroid mining operation with uh, card drafting, a la Sushi Go or Seven Wonders. And it's really, I mean, the the Tetris stuff is good, it's neat. The really great stuff is the cards. Um, Because most of these kinds of card drafting games, hey, I got a hand of cards that you handed to me. I'm going to pick one of them, that's what I'm going to do, and then I'll hand the rest on to my neighbor. Um, Here, I I have this hand of cards. I'm going to pick two cards that I want to play this round, and then those are the ones I give away. So chances are, I played the best cards I had. And by doing this, I'm giving them to my opponent. And then I'm holding on to whatever was left. And meanwhile, the best things you played, you're going to hand to me. I think that is such a simple idea, but it so flips the standard um, you know, card draft that has really been popularized by games like Sushi Go in a whole new direction. And then on top of that, these cards are very, very cool. They have multiple uses, uh, depending on whether you're using it for their day side or their night side. Lots of really neat things. And then on top of all that, it's like you were talking about with Dune. This is a game that meshes things together. It's not just a card drafting game. It's a card drafting game that drives a really excellent tile lane game, too, that I enjoy very much. And so that is my number, oh, what was it? My number eight, Cosmic Colonies. Yeah. So you, you brought this up, and I immediately, like, looking at this video, I haven't played this game or haven't I should say, seen it before. This is a prototype, this... by the way. The final components oh, look okay. much, much nicer. This is when I filmed it when I was on Kickstarter, just FYI. Well, even even as it looks, like I was immediately struck by the this idea that uh, I haven't seen like a, a space based polyomino game. I was like, I, I don't, I don't know why I haven't seen any mm-hmm. of this before because like it's such it seems like such an obvious fit, and this looks super cool. Yep. Yeah, uh, I I cannot recommend it highly enough. I don't know if it's widely available. It's from Floodgate Games, if I recall correctly. It's from designer Scott Alms, I should add, um, which is certainly a very well-known name. So I guess you could consider it a tiny, epic uh, asteroid mining, although it it doesn't try to squeeze a bunch of stuff in a box. It's a more robust, traditional, full-size game. 
Yeah. That sounds good. And, and that the drafting mechanism sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen a, a game like that. But my camera is really freaking out. Yes, it out sure is, isn't it? This. I keep trying to correct it. Um, let's see. Let's go on ahead and shrink you back down. And I'll try and stay on top of it, folks. Uh, the wonders of the internet. Some for some reason, Skype yeah. is being a, 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 a Shay's clearly trying to take over the show, either shrinking or growing. <laughs> uh, he's he's playing with his pim particles a bit too I, much. I need attention. Uh, okay, <laughs> people need to look at me. Yep, 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 yep. Cool. All right. Well, um, that was my number eight, sir. What is your number seven? My number seven, and I've talked about it a little bit already on this episode, is Nemesis Lockdown. It's the game I got in front of me right now. Uh, and there is... Uh, so what we're seeing on screen, this is this is Nemesis. And I do really like Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm actually going to pitch that Nemesis Lockdown is the better Oh, game. really? Okay, I, I'm going to really stop you right there. I, Are you saying Nemesis would not have made your top five without Lockdown? I think it might it might be a little bit lower for okay. sure. I it might it might still be my top five. It might be it might be five, but like it's it's definitely better with lockdown. Mm-hmm. And and there's a few reasons for that. But uh, like we said, you know, Nemesis, uh, a game where you're trying to survive uh, an an alien incursion, um, but you also have shifting loyalties because you've got your own objective, you've got personal and a corporate objective, and then uh, sometimes these are friendly, sometimes you can play cooperative, but sometimes you're going to be a little bit. Uh, dangerous, although you can play this completely co-op, completely solo if you mm-hmm. want to. There's a lot of different ways to to play it. Um, and that is part of the reason why I think this game is so good and why Lockdown is better is just because there is so much variety mm-hmm. in this game. Not only is it uh, is it a great game, uh, it, I mean, it's a wild game. <laughs> and and I, I also say right off the bat that also like another favorite game of mine is like Eldritch Horror. Games that are a little bit punishing on occasion. I should say I have almost never beaten Nemesis. <laughs> like you can, even, even playing co-op, I usually lose. Like I'm not good at this game, but it's one of those games that I really, I really love coming back to even though I, uh, I keep just bashing my head against the uh, the wall of it i keep i keep losing at it but it's it's still engaging every time and part of that is because there's so much variety in just the base game the rooms are always shuffled about they're always a little bit different so the the way that you play through the game will always change a little bit yeah but also because there are so many different things that you can add to it like i said there's solo and co-op objectives but there's also different uh, aliens that you can fight against. You know, the base game has their alien faction. Uh, Lockdown has its alien faction, which I've got a bunch of these just hanging out right next to me. Uh, they <laughs> oh, yes, are actually, super cool. Uh... I mean, like, these guys, these minis are fantastic. And, like, I, I'm the first one to complain about, like, Kickstarter stretch goal bloat. Mm-hmm. But the things that they've added to the to this game because of the st- Kickstarter stretch goals, I think are absolutely fantastic. These minis are all painted a little bit. They just got a nice little wash on them, which just gives them great texture and helps separate them from the uh, character pieces who have a different uh, different color wash on them. There's even and then there's some silly things like there's these door tokens that just sort of break apart uh, when they get broken, <laughs> which is a little silly. But uh, but on top of that, there are other like different alien factions you can face at this point there's three of them uh and uh, three different ones besides the the base game ones there's also uh you know there's the the mechanics of lockdown i enjoy just a little bit more than the mechanics of the the base nemesis and i think that's because 
there's a, a little bit more intricacy in what you need to do. There's also, I think, a little bit more punishing aspects of it, and there are things that make it easier on you. One of the complaints I had with Nemesis is that you would run around and you would just be inundated with aliens and there's just noise all over the ship. And it felt like sometimes there's just nothing you can mm -hmm. do. And it does still occasionally happen in lockdown. But one of the big new additions of this is, is uh, the power mechanic, which is there are four sections on the board and there are these power tokens that start off, you only have a couple of them powered up and the... Uh, uh, as the time goes down, the the power will be draining from the system until you restore the, the backup power supply. But what all that means is that when you are getting surprise attacked by these intruders, if you're in a station with a uh, section with power, you are much more likely to not get attacked. But if you're in a station that's in darkness, then you're much more likely to get attacked. And so you have to, it gives you these moments where you're afraid just because you're walking around. All you're doing is walking around, but you're in a dark section. And so that means you're scared. But on top of that, all of the sections that are in power, uh, that have power, the noise that is between corridors, those will all get removed uh, at the end of every round. And these noise tokens are what trigger the surprise attacks. Whenever you go through to a new section, you roll a die, and if it triggers a noise where there's already a noise token, you get attacked by an intruder. Cool, that's great. But if, if there's noise, everywhere that's a big problem so one of the things you can do power up a bunch of sections and a lot of those noise tokens can get removed so there are these really dangerous aspects of it and there's things that really make you tense and nervous but there's also things that relieve the pressure mm -hmm. and that is something i really like there's also a few more secret things that you need to figure out which are similar to nemesis but just sort of shuffled around for the different different map and i just kind of get along with it a little bit better so uh it's I don't think it's reached the uh, backers yet, but it will soon. Uh, and like I said, I'm going to be teaching. Uh, I'm doing the official rules video for Nemesis Lockdown. And a run through uh, on my channel. Be coming out. And a run through yes. on uh, Rado, of course. Okay. Uh, which is why it's set up on the table. But yeah, that is my uh, number seven, uh, I believe, is what we're on. Uh, Nemesis Lockdown. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Okay, Nemesis. Big, big game. Uh, my number six, maybe not quite so big, but oh man, I really love it. It is Cloud Age from Alexander Pfister, who is fast becoming one of my absolute favorite designers of all time. I mean, I, everything he has done has been very, very impressive. And this is really one of my favorite games. This is a uh, post-apocalypse Mad Max setting type of game. You know, um, you know, the, the world is a barren, desolate wasteland. Uh, the last vestiges of humanity grouped together, and there's raiders and whatnot, and we are folks literally floating around in blimps um, in this in this uh, low-tech sci-fi apocalypse world, and uh, we are going from city to city trying to fight off the raiders and rebuild, really, the ecology of the world. One of the things that my wife loves so much about this game is when you first start playing the game, it is a board full of orange sand. But by the end, um, if you've done well, one of the ways you can score points is bringing greenery back into the world. And we absolutely love that. I mean, I love the environmental message, 
Um, but all of that stuff aside, the gameplay is there's a lot of really interesting things that go on in this game. The most important one, though, has to do with clouds themselves. Because we are flying around in a blimp and we're going from city to city, you know, moving around in this popular uh, wasteland. When we approach a city, we don't know exactly what's there. And that is represented by the fact that there are these decks of city cards and you put them in these sleeves. And the sleeves have cloud patterns printed on them. And what that means is I can look at the city we're approaching and I can kind of see, okay, it looks like they've got some solar farms. Or, or do they have some industry? Oh, do they have some actual regular farms? But I can't tell exactly what's going to be there until I actually land, and then we pull the card out of the sleeve, and we can see what the clouds obscured. And that is awesome, but what's more awesome is this is one of those games where what I'm doing on my turn you really care about because everybody has the opportunity to leverage the cities I go to and there's almost kind of like a betting push your luck element because as I'm you know as I'm choosing okay we're going to set down it's going to be this one and you can look you can oh I, I think I, I think I see a little thing over there you can guess as to what's going to be there and everybody else can be guessing what's going to be there and um, you know whether there's going to be water or energy or building materials or special power cards, if I recall correctly, and everybody makes their guess, and then you reveal the card and you see, oh, it turns out there's only a little bit of energy, so you just got one. Sorry. The thing this place really produces is water, and you didn't even see that. And, um... It's it's so cool. I mean, we talked about right up front. I want you know bringing the theme into the game. The, uh, th this game really puts you on the deck of your blimp. Just desperately, what is down there? Should I even bother with that one? Um, it's so cool. And then it's got a bunch of other really cool things. Your blimp is very interesting because you can level it up in lots of different ways and make a long term investment. And then of course the core gameplay is still all about saving the world, saving people. This is not. I mean, the 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 violence for such as this is pretty much complete completely abstracted out. And um, I, I, I am just super duper impressed by it. Love the look, love the gameplay, love the message, and love, love those cloud cards in uh, my number six, Cloud Age. And let's move on to Shay's number five. What do you, what, what, what yes. do you like, Shay? My number five, this is a game I always love telling people about because not everyone's heard about it, and I think everyone should play this game. This is Ganymede by, I think the publishers are named Sorry We Are French. Uh, <laughs> and it's, uh, uh, so there we go. Uh, yep. so Ganymede is an excellent, uh, engine builder. It's very quick, very tight engine builder about getting human colonists out from earth over to Mars and then over to Ganymede because Ganymede is sort of the, uh, the like international airport. That's where we send out people to the deep space colonization missions. And so it's a really tight, uh, like I said, uh, engine builder where you're playing these cards and they'll get you different uh colors of meeples and the meeples represent different specialists that are you know are needed on colonists um but uh <clears throat> every uh colony ship that you have on your board requires different things or it, it uh it might require three of the same or might have you know one of each different color um and then once you get those off, those will have little bonuses. And th that's really cool. But what I really like about it is the card play. Mm -hmm, every time mm -hmm. uh, you play one of these cards, this will give you, uh, it, it, they always belong to a specific uh, corporation. There are five corporations. And you will slot them into your player board. And that will give you some little bonus. But then the next time you play a card of the same corporation, uh, it'll cover up the bonus from the last one. But it'll give you basically... Uh, double the bonuses for whatever card you just played. So if you have a card that gives you, you know, one uh, purple meeple, then 
you know, uh, you slot that into uh, one of the columns that has maybe two other cards of the same corporation. Then, because you now have three cards of that corporation, you get three purple meals. Yeah. So the combo potential in this game is really, really it great. On top of that, uh, as the it game explodes goes on, and it yeah. plays really mm -hmm. quick too. And there's and there's a bunch of extra little things like if you get one card in all five corporations, then you get a bonus. Uh, there's also this. Um, I don't remember exactly what it's called, sort of like a popularity track or something <laughs> like that. And if you can, that's sort of a, a side goal. If you can, you can get that all the way forward. You can, uh, you get a bonus. You get to launch a ship right away. And it's like the first person to launch four ships ends the game. So it's a really quick game. It's just a really, really solid engine builder that runs really quick. It's one of my favorite light games, just of all time, I, I, like sci-fi. Uh, no, yeah, I, I was gonna say. I mean. It's a great game. I mean, I, I, Jen, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I mean, the only thing that surprised me about it, I mean, this much that you would put it this high. In, oh, I mean, I love this wow. game. I am always down to play this game. And it, it might be that I'm good at it. So I, like, this, <laughs> there are very few games. There are very few games that I will actually say I'm good at this mm -hmm. game. But I almost always win this game. And so maybe that's, <laughs> you know, coloring my personal experience that I, I like it a lot because I enjoy winning it but i i still think it's a really really good game uh i once did a uh, a contest with the brothers murph where i bet them that i could beat their both of their scores combined um and i did win but i didn't i, I was like two points away from actually beating their their you know their combined scores uh but it was for a really fun like charity wow. stream that we did a wow. while back it was a lot of fun um, but that is that is my number five uh, game. Uh, an excellent one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't fault you for that. It is it is a blast, and I'm sure it's one that most people haven't heard of as well. So it's really really great yes, that you are definitely. giving it some coverage. Um, you know, amongst all of these I big hitters that we're talking always, about. I'm always down to plug Ganymede because I like you said. Oh, uh oh, did you freeze? It looks like you have done frozen, Shay. I. Did done freeze a little bit. Yep, and actually, I just heard a, a Skype tone in my ear, and you came back. All right, we were having all the technical difficulties today, yeah. folks. But you we're were you were starting this to say together with duct tape. Yes, I'm doing what I can, uh, folks. Um, and you yeah. were saying that you are always down to sing the I'm praises. I'm always of down Ganymede. to recommend this game. Yeah, because it's you know it's not that well known, but I really think even though it's not like the biggest like, game ever, I think it's it's always a good time for me. So I I really enjoy it, and I. Always recommend it. Well, an excellent choice indeed. A surprising choice. I would imagine it's probably going to be, that's probably the biggest surprise on this list today. And I commend you for, um, you know, not just sticking to the favorites. Because, I mean, it's good because we all know where we're going. We all know where this list is ending. So it's good you took us on a slightly <laughs> it's circuitous about route. It's journey. Uh, exactly. It's not about the destination. Exactly. Well, hopefully it's gotten a few fans and maybe some people will seek it out. Mm -hmm. But from the lesser known Ganymede, I will switch over to my, what am I at? We are at my number four. Is that four. correct? I believe so. Uh, Black Angel. Oh Black my Angel. goodness. This game is beautiful. Uh, I love this game. It is a beautiful game to look at. It is a beautiful game to play. It's so big and so sprawling. Um, you know, the, the store, and although... The story is incredibly dark. Uh, it's probably the darkest story of all oh, these yeah. games because the situation is, okay, humanity, we blew our last chance. Um, uh, the, uh, we, we, there, there's no plan B. There's no escape plan. Mars didn't pan out. So what can we do? Let's build an ark. And let's put our genetic seed on that ark. And it's going to take 10,000 years for it to get to this other planet uh, called Spes, which is Latin for hope. And um, it's because it's going to take 10,000 years, 
The entire journey is run by AI. And we players play the AI robots charged with carrying the seeds of humanity uh, so that we can hopefully start again. That you know, all of our acquired knowledge, all of our acquired culture can make it. I mean, the stakes are so huge to try to create a renaissance on this new planet of Spence. And um, the problem, Shay and folks, is uh, it turns out uh, you know, even in this most dire moment, we couldn't get our uh, on the same page. And so the great nations of the world decided, well, I don't know if we trust your AI, we're going to write our own AI. And so each player <laughs> represents a different country's AI, all programmed to just try to make sure the ship deals with all of its problems and um, you know gets its precious cargo where it needs to go. But um, there can be only one. And whichever AI does the best job will become the AI that's installed to run the new colony on the new planet. And so humanity in their hubis introduced competition to AI. And that doesn't work out very well, does it? Of course, of course it doesn't. Not. Like I said, dark, dark themes for such a beautiful game. And really, at its heart, what that means is thematically, um, you know, it's it's a, uh, a, a dice drafting uh, game with like, I would say four full games worth of mechanisms all scrunched in together. You've got this, um, you know, the, the the nearby galaxies, and you can go on little runaround ships to, um, you know, deal with different planets and have interactions with aliens. You've got this programming mini game where it's a tile layer, and you're trying to activate rows and columns. There's all the dice stuff you do as well. Um, you know, there's set collection. There's a million things going on in this game. It's big. It's rich. It's complex. It's heavy. Um, and uh, I, I absolutely love it to pieces. It's in my top 20 games of all time. I love this game. So maybe it's my top 30. It's really high up there. It's basically a science fiction retheming of a, pre a previous game from the same designers, um, uh, uh, Dujardin and Orban and uh, Georges. Those three designers, they had previously given us Trois. And this takes the ideas of Trois, but then layers on like an extra game and a half worth of stuff. <laughs> and... It's amazing. It will melt you down and really demand a lot of you, but it's so satisfying. And it tells a really engaging story, even if it is a little bit on the dark side. And uh, yeah, that was my number four. Black Let's appreciate a game that can tell a dark story, but still look great. Oh my there's goodness, plenty of yes. games. There's plenty of games that are dark, but they're also, they usually match the uh, aesthetics to the, the theme yeah. or the, the feel of it. And mm -hmm. like, that's fine, but I would rather something be dark and still visually stunning like this is. This game mm. just looks gorgeous. I, I so, completely agree. Have you played it? Yeah. Or you haven't gotten a chance to. It's definitely one of those games that's on my list to try. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I just haven't been able to get it to. Oh, uh, you, you have to. I, I, you I will not regret it, so. it. I mean, um, you know, it's interesting. When you first got on my channel, I got, I got you on to be the Ameritrash guy. You know, to, to cover mm -hmm. all the, the Plastic Peace games. But over the last, what has it been now? Over a year. You're you starting to morph. I'm starting to think I have a bad influence <laughs> on you. Uh, because you're going more and more Euro by the day. I'm surprised by some of the games that come along that you could choose to cover. You say, I don't think that's really a fit for me. Really? That's totally a fit for uh, you. Um, so with that in mind, I think you would you would find the game fantastic. I, I, I think you would well, really, really enjoy it. Yeah, and yeah, I definitely, I definitely have swayed a little bit towards uh, Euro side. I don't know. I like, I like lightish, light to medium Euros, and I kind of like heavy uh, American style games. It's my my tastes vary from from day to day. Mm -hmm. um, 
which is, I think, going to be exemplified by my number two and my number one. Okay. Um, well, what would so, be uh, your number two? Or my, or my number, well, number three, I guess. Or your number yes, three, as yes, you yes. Can see, is Star Wars. This is another one I'm sure is probably, people are asking, how is it so high on your list? Because this is a simple thing. And I already said that I like deck builders that uh, play into a bigger game. And this doesn't do that. This is a straight deck builder, mm-hmm. but it's a two, it is a two-player deck builder game where you are just attacking each other with ships. Uh, you are building up your fleet of ships and star bases, and you are trying to attack each other's, uh, you know, I don't know what the in-game word for it, but it's hit points. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but the thing that I, what I love about this game is that it, it, it takes a, a simple idea and it hones it to perfection. It's got four factions. Each of them does uh, various things and has sort of their own flavor. And uh, the cards that you play, if you specialize in certain factions, will combo with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, it's a deck builder, so you don't always have the option of choosing only the factions that you want. So you have to take what is given to you and do the best with what you've got. Right. Uh, and and what I love about this game is that it most of the time plays very quickly. So a thing about this game that I love is that it's just so easy for me to get to the table. If I if I want to play something quick and fun, Star Realms is always there for me. It's a it's a nice fast game that me and my my roommate will often play. Just like we've got you know 15 minutes want to play a game, bust out Star Realms. It's just it's always a good time. And sure, sometimes it's not fair. You don't get the cards you want. Whoever gets whoever gets the the big you know six cost card first is might win. But uh, it's it is re- it is one of the most reliable good times for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, it is, in my opinion, very thematic because you've got these four factions that uh, the artwork on the things is reminiscent of the kind of thing that they're trying to do. So you've got like the the Federation, the blue faction, which is you know very like human style Star Trek style ships, uh, and they're all about you know giving you more life. And you know they also do some economic power. They'll have some attack, but that's not really their focus. Yeah. They want to protect you. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Blob, which is this evil green, or not evil, but very aggressive green faction. They're all about attacking, big combos, big damage. It the artwork and the mechanics fit in so well. I'm always interested in playing it. Hmm. And I've only I here's the thing. I have the two like base sets. I haven't even gotten most of the like little expansion stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I even need it. I'm sure I would love it, but I am so happy with just like the base game and the other like core set. They they work so well. Uh, it's, it's also one of the only games that I've bought like add-on merchandise for. I bought like a special <laughs> deck box to hold the extra cards because uh, I, I generally don't go for like big add-on stuff. But and this was not big thing; it's a small like box, but it holds uh, all of the cards that I have in one in one box. Right. So that's. So that is my my number three, uh, Star Realms. It is quick, light things, always great, always get to the table, and it is almost polar opposite from my number one. So, um, but before we get to that, I am really curious, what is your top sci-fi yeah. game? So my number two, which means it's my number one on this uh, list. It's just you know you had fifty percent, I had fifty percent, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad you kind of changed the subject on there because man, I could go down a Star Realms debate with you for quite a while. <laughs> I, I was very pleasantly surprised with your um, Ganymede. I, I don't know. I mean, Star Realms is fine. People love it. People can't <laughs> get enough of it. But yeah, it has never really been uh, a good fit for me and Jen. I, but I get what you're saying. It's it's very light. It's very approachable. I mean, it is the ultimate, hey, look, you want combos? We'll show you how to build combos. Just do what we say. 
Um, it almost feels to me a little bit like the game plays itself. Oh, I've got some yellow cards. I guess I've I better buy that, more yellow I've cards. I've heard that argument before. Yep. And I, I'm I sure it's not fair. I'm before, sure it's not it's... fair because <laughs> it's so popular. It's got, you know, uh, uh, tournament scenes, all kinds of stuff, so much expansion content. So I'm not giving it a fair shake. I get that. But still, yeah, um, that would definitely make several other lists of mine, which we will not be doing today. <laughs> um, but we, we can move on. I think you're probably right. We should probably move on to uh, the number two on the list, which is Roll for the Galaxy, um, which Ooh. is in my top 10 games of all time. And it has been for quite a while, and it probably always will be. Or does it, there's number, maybe it's just outside. Maybe it's like number 11 or 12. It's in my wife's top three games of all time. She loves it so much. Uh, we have played this game so much. For us, this is a filler. We can sit down, get it oh, out yeah. of the box, set it up, and put it back in the box in under 25 minutes. A full game, um, you know, telling a big, sprawling story of growth of an intergalactic space empire. Every time you play, you're going to advance and evolve in different ways. There's a bunch of... Uh, uh, expansion content for it, you don't need it. What comes in the base box will give you hundreds and hundreds of hours of gameplay. And all of it is driven by a wonderful, wonderful dice management system, where at the beginning of a round, you roll your dice, and it's kind of like a little miniature dice worker placement game um, that you're trying to decide, well, which of the different actions? Are we going to explore? Are we going to develop? Are we going to settle? Are we going to produce? Or are we going to ship our produced goods around? And the important thing is we all do this simultaneously in secret behind player screens. And then everybody reveals at the same time. And this, like its predecessor, Race for the Galaxy, is a game where I have to pay attention to what you're doing, Shay. Because if I can anticipate what you're doing, if you're going to trigger an explore phase, then that means, oh, I want to set aside a little bit of my stuff so I can piggyback off of your explorer. And meanwhile, if you look at my plants and see they're overflowing with goods, you could take a, a good guess that I'm probably going to ship some goods and you want to put yourself in a situation where if you can anticipate my moves, you will get a big payday as well. And so... The connection between players is so strong, even though arguably, I mean, it's not like we ever attack each other or anything like that. We're just building our own little space empires. But I am so heavily invested in trying to get into your mind when I'm playing this game every time. I just love it to pieces. Um, I, complaints? This is one of the hardest games to teach I have ever seen. Uh, <laughs> it is a monster for new players because everything yeah. has to be done in secret and you have to understand so much. Um, and the dice manipulation is so deep in this game. But it's fantastic. Some would say, wait a minute, roll for the galaxy. Don't you mean race for the galaxy? Um, shouldn't that be on your list? Here's the deal. Race for the galaxy would probably make my top five. But I got rid of race after we started playing roll. Because I realized, oh, I'll just never play race for the galaxy again. Um, I could also give a nod to um, Jump Drive, which is basically like a race or roll for the galaxy. Streamlined mm -hmm. down into a super tight, uh, fast-playing card game. Um, or New Frontiers, which is basically Race for the Galaxy, the board game. I mean, this whole Race for the Galaxy universe is kind of, I think, my top slot. But if I have to pick one, and that's the nature of a top ten, uh, there's no denying, um, you know, one of the best, or the, the best science fiction game, board game, there is, period, is Roll for the Galaxy. Thoughts? Yeah. I, I really like Roll for the Galaxy. I am on the side of Race for the Galaxy, mainly really? because I have a lot more experience. Well, here's the thing. Okay. I have a lot more experience with Race for the okay. Galaxy. I own it. I, I've played it a ton. It honestly fills a similar role as uh, Star Realms for me. Of And like you were saying, it's kind of a filler. Like I can get that out, play a game. When I play Race for the Galaxy, I play like two, three games uh, in a row because, you know, it's it's a game you can play really quickly. And it's uh, and it has that kind of... Thing you were talking about where you can 
you could just play it, you know, paying attention to your own board, but it, it's so much better if you pay attention to your opponent's board yeah. mm -hmm. uh, or mm -hmm. and you know, figuring out what they've got going and trying to anticipate their moves. So, I, you know, I, I, I love Race of the Galaxy, and because I own it, I end up playing it that much more. I haven't uh, felt the need to buy Roll for the Galaxy because I, you know, have friends who um, who own it, and so I've I've played it a few times for sure, and I, I really really do like it. I bet if if like it just appeared in my collection, I ended up playing that more. I would probably really? end up picking it over over Race, uh, but it's. It, it's one of those things solely because of circumstances. I go with race, but I love Roll yeah. for the Galaxy, and I do agree that like there is a thing with race where you just have pure choice about what action you're going to do. Whereas race, you have all these dice, and those uh, determine the actions. But you can also manipulate your actions by spending extra dice to to move them like in in different places. So it's a little bit more of a randomness that you can control. Mm -hmm. But then also the the dice that you go for, you know, have more likely to have specific actions on them, I think. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, oh, well, I mean, there's different so, color dice that kind of skew one exactly. way or the other, depending on which represent the different citizens that add to your Space Federation. Well, okay. So I that, understand I familiarity. I get that. I bet you, given enough time, I could I could convert you to, to my way. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. All right. And, and I think it's a, a solid choice. A solid choice for, for a number two. A number two, really? Really? List. Then what? But what could course. be? Surprise us. Well, you know, um, regale us <laughs> with something that we wouldn't have seen coming um, a million miles away from each other. Hey, what's your number one, <laughs> Shay? My number one is Twilight Imperium. You know it's Twilight Imperium. Yes, of course it's Twilight Imperium. Yes, Look at me with this Twilight Imperium rule book here. <laughs> um, yes. Well, I mean, and there's more than just the fact that, like, I owe my existence in board game media to Twilight Imperium. But, like, that on its own, it'll always have a special place in my heart. But Twilight Imperium, I will always think, is a, is such a wonderful experience. It is so much, to me, more than just a board game. I think it is a great board game, but it is a great experience because it is an entire day that you're spending with your friends uh, around this table, this galaxy that you set up. You each have your own faction. You each have your own goals. And during the course of the of the day, the entire day that you spend on this, you are forging alliances. You're forging like friendships that last within the game that uh, you know are kind of regardless of how you actually feel about a person you are either loving them or hating them <laughs> for the things that you're that they're doing and uh within the game there's so much variety there's so much flavor there's so much you know mechanical interest like there's it's it's a game that i will i don't think ever get tired of partially because i can't play this game multiple times in a row so there's always ah. more, like it's always a little bit of time before i get i get to bring it to the table and for some people that's going to push it out of a list but for me it helps keep it fresh because every time i get uh twilight imperium to the table it presents me with something new it presents me with something that i either hadn't you know experienced before or had been so long since i experienced it that uh it, it feels fresh to me and then on top of that there's you know the new expansion has seven new uh races all kinds of new cards so uh twilight imperium like it's i i could literally spend the entirety of this show talking about why I love Twilight Imperium so much. I, I, I am trying to restrain myself from just going into every single thing that I love about it. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, so I guess if, if I if I would pick one thing that I love the most about Twilight Imperium, it is how immersed you can become in the story and the experience of the game. 
I have never played another game where I am so bought in yeah. to everything that's going in, going on on the on the board and on the t at the table, because you know at the start of the game I'm me, but as soon as I get my you know what uh, faction I'm playing with, then all of a sudden yes I am I am the cats I am trying to trade with everyone I need to keep these business relationships open because that's how I'm going. So of course, would you like to to come sample my wares? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Or you know I'm playing as the uh, the mind net, the like robotic aliens that uh, are going to just assimilate everyone around me. And now I'm much more aggressive and I don't care about your feelings. Oh, we had a deal? That's what you thought. No, no, no. Uh, my dreadnoughts are, are making a new deal. Uh, so it, it really, like, I, I get just sucked into the game every single time I play. And it's just something that I, I can't really replicate with any other game. So it will always, I think, be at my number one. I mean, at the very least, number one for for sci-fi themed games. But it's my number one game, like period. Yeah, I understand. And yes, everyone everyone knows that. Uh, everyone who knows me or knows what I do knows this is gonna be on my top. But I still think it's worth talking about because I think people get kind of inured to the idea that like, oh, Twilight Imperium. Some people love it, some people hate it. But like, I think that more people would like it than think that they. If you, are you are you, you are you sending chance. a message my way? Is that what's happening here? <laughs> uh, was, was there a, co I mean, a special code an going on? <laughs> we did have an opportunity to play it, and you backed out. But well, uh, I'm not going to play it for I, six hours virtually. I would, I, given the opportunity, I would probably sit down and try and play this in real life. If I ever make it down to SoCal and get to hang out for a few days with you mm -hmm. and Rel and, and the gang, I, I could see myself doing it. I, I would certainly be interested in giving it a go. Um, the, probably the most interesting thing, I mean, I, I'm aware of the game and, you know, it's epic four to six to all day type thing. One of the most interesting things you pointed out that really makes an impact on you is the fact, not the fact that you're going to play it for so long and so it tells such an epic story, but that that restricts you from playing it more often, that it makes it more mm -hmm. of a special event. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I love a game that I can get to the table. All, and mm -hmm. the fact that I, I can't get this to the table uh, is some, for some games that does make it a little bit harder for me to recommend. And it's not like I would recommend Twilight Imperium to everyone. I'm not going to bring it to my parents' house and say, Hey, let's play a game of this, but uh, I will but, show up for that game. Definitely. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, because it is such an event, mm -hmm. you know, this is the game, like, you don't think, what do we, what do we want to play? I guess let's play Twilight Imperium. No, you plan this weeks in advance. You get all yeah. your friends together and say, like, hey, are you able to play it? Uh, what day works for you? Okay, we'll do this day. I think we can get, I call 12 people so that I can get six people to play on this one day. There's so much, like, effort that goes into just playing the game that once you get to it, the hype helps so much uh, that you're already, like, excited about it. And so, for whatever reason, for me anyway, the difficulty is not a bug, it's a feature mm -hmm, uh, when mm -hmm. it comes to getting this to the table. It's, it is difficult to get to the table. And, so, and for some people, that means it's going to be hard to justify the purchase because it is expensive, and I totally get that. Mm -hmm. But that's why I think you get a good group together, maybe you all go in on it together, or try it out virtually. I know it's not for everybody, but the the TTS mod for uh, Twilight Imperium actually works pretty well. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that it's not a bad way to play it at all. There are some things that I actually like a little bit better playing it online. I still prefer the the tabletop experience, like actually playing in person. But I totally get you know playing it online. I think that it, it works just fine.
Yep. 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 So. Well, maybe someday. Um, but I'd rather play it in person given the opportunity. And I'm sure you would too. Interestingly, yeah. folks, you know, this is the R&R show. Normally my co-host is Ruel Gaviola. Uh, he'll be back next week. I'm looking forward to finding out what would he have put on his, um, his five. We already know his number one. Ruel would have had this as his number one as well. Um, <laughs> which is so far out to me because he feels so much more like a, a you know a gamer along my lines. But yeah, there's just something about this game that once it gets in your hooks in you, you you'll, it'll never let you go. And I'm sure that's yeah. true for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And you it's, owe your you said you owe your entire yes. career to it. It's interesting. I mean, I I knew I was going to show your video, but your video has lots of talking yeah. to the camera and whatnot, so it's hard to show the game. Yeah. So I thought, you know what I'll do? I'll do a search on Google for official Twilight Imperium video, assuming I'd get something from Fantasy Flight. The number one result for that is your video. Google says you are the official Twilight Imperium how teach how to play, which is yeah. amazing. So, and uh, I mean, you, like you've gotten over half a million views of that video, I believe, that we were just playing. That's it is almost my it's my second most uh, popular video that I've done. First one being Gloomhaven. So mm-hmm. sure, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it is definitely the thing that I'm known for. Like if. If anyone ever stops me at a convention, it's usually to say you taught me Twilight Imperium, and I'm always like <laughs> so like uh, heartwarmed to when people when people do that. But it's like I said, yeah, I I owe my gaming career to Twilight Imperium because I I yeah. taught third edition almost on a whim. I was trying to teach myself how to edit video. I was making like sketch comedy with a friend of mine, and I liked Twilight Imperium third edition. I couldn't find a single video of it on uh, o- online that I liked. Everything was over an hour long, and I thought I could do something better than that. So I, I made it just kind of on a whim, and then people kind of liked it, and I just sort of rolled with it, and then and then here I am. So. Yep, yeah, and I mean the success of your video speaks well, not only to the the quality of your video, but to the popularity of this game. And uh, there's another reason Absolutely. I was happy to do this with you because I, I think it would be it would be it would be hard to justify a top ten sci-fi board game list that does not give credit where credit is due to this. So, that's it, folks. Oh, my. Technical difficulties aside, we have made it to the other side. And it is time to fire up the flux capacitor and um, reboot the oscillation overthruster and say thank you very much to uh, Shay for joining me on this epic journey. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Now, if you would like to see more of Shay, Links down in the show notes. Shay, um, every month, does a few videos for my channel. You can find that at shay.rado.com. He's got his own channel, RTFM. Check out his Twilight Imperium video. The rest of the industry has, effectively. <laughs> um, he is Mr. Twilight Imperium. And, uh, yeah, you have any uh, closing thoughts? Or shall we call it a day, sir? Uh, I think that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have a few things coming up. Like I said, Nemesis Lockdown and Dune Imperium are my next uh, rules videos. I've also got a run-through of Dune Lockdown. Uh, Nemesis Lockdown coming up soon on on the Rado channel. All right. Check it out. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. Have a very, very nice day. Talk to you later. So long. Uh, Bye-bye.